Switchcraft is brought to you three times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it. Tune in live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Benji Kong. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Episode 184 of Switchcraft is brought to you by OPSeat. Head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash OPSeat to directly support my show and get a fantastic gaming chair that can support you. I'm sitting in one right now, and it's fantastic. Okie dokie. So the first story for today is a tweet from Nintendo, and they have an adjustable charging stand, which was going to be available on July 13th. Uh, the the stand is, um, you know, it's basically just a USB-C port with a kickstand on it. Uh, I, one thing that I will note about it is I like that the kickstand takes up the whole width of it, and it's not just the little tiny flimsy kickstand. Um, which reminds me, my son lost the kickstand to his Nintendo Switch, so now I need to go and find where is it that we can order a new kickstand for the Switch because he's like, I can't play it with my friends now. Uh, so that's, that's understandable that he's upset about that. Uh, but this is basically a USB-C port uh, on its side so that you can set the switch into it. We've seen things like this before, but this is an official one from Nintendo. Uh, if I go ahead and click on this link right here, it's going to take me to their website and it costs $20. So that's, I don't know, I think that's a little expensive, uh, but it comes with the peace of mind that you know that it's an officially licensed product and uh, Nintendo's, uh, you know, they've made sure that it's going to work, unlike the Nico ones. Uh, so uh, if you're going to get a uh, charger that will allow you to uh, play the Switch while it's charging in tabletop mode, then I think this is the one that you want to go for. The Atari 2600. Now get up to $30 in rebate offers plus a free Pac-Man. So there's a tweet from a guy named Tiago Sanobe, and if I butchered the guy's name, I'm real sorry. Uh, he, he says, left Bandai Namco Studios before the production on Super Smash Brothers began, but the rendering engine it is built on was made by me. Hashtag Super Smash Bros. Switch. All right. So a lot of people are looking at this and they're saying this confirms that it's a new game. Well, we don't know when he made that the, um, the rendering engine. He could have made that at any time. Uh, he could have made that forever ago. And... Um, that doesn't mean that it's a new game. Uh, it also doesn't mean, I mean, this could be just somebody making something up. However, right after this was tweeted, it was very, very quickly taken down. It was very quickly taken down and the account was deleted. So uh, he was either, you know, made this just in the hopes of getting this, uh, getting people's hopes up or... Uh, you know, he tweeted this and then was like, wow, what a dummy that I am to tweet something like that. Uh, let me delete this. And you know what? I'll go ahead and delete my account as well. And, uh, you know, hopefully this guy still has a job. Uh, he works for Nintendo now. Uh, he works. He's been working there for quite a while, I think. Uh, I think he left about two years ago. Uh, and 
in those two years, you know, there, there could have been a lot of stuff made. Uh, so, uh, yeah, according to his LinkedIn profile, he left Bandai Namco over two years ago. Uh, I don't I don't know if this means it's a new game or not. Again, if 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 you ask me, it doesn't matter if Switch Switch, if Smash is a new game or not. It really doesn't matter because one way or the other, I'm sure it's going to be a fun game. And if it's just a port for the Wii U uh, from the Wii U with the 3ds stuff built in then i'm all for it i think that's fine and if it's not if it's a brand new thing then i'm also fine and like i probably spent i think it was like a 17 minute video talking about this at one point and uh, you can find that over on my youtube channel where i go through all of the pros and cons of of what it could be what it is and whatever um but this is a rumor, you know, just because this guy tweeted something doesn't mean that it's real. It's not like it's verified. It's it's not like it's a verified account on Twitter. Um, if it were, I'm sure the guy wouldn't have deleted it quite so hastily because those cost a pretty penny, apparently. Um, so, you know, just take it with a grain of, a grain of salt. Speaking of rumors, uh, a lot of people have um, been talking about the Walmart leak and there's a couple things that make me doubt its authenticity. I'm not going to get into it because it really, you know, all this hand wringing about whether or not it's real is beside the point. But I will say one reason why I, why I doubt that it's that it's correct. And that's the fact that when Nintendo did their investors meeting back in April, I think it might have been in March. I can't remember, but, it, you know, a, a couple months ago, I believe one of the things that they said was uh, that they had planned on bringing out Pokemon in fiscal year 2018, which would be any time between April of this year. Um, yeah, April 1st of this year and March 31st of next year, uh, 2019. Uh, so they had said that fiscal year 2018 is when we plan to see Pokemon for the Nintendo Switch. And when they talked about uh, Metroid Prime 4 for the Nintendo Switch, uh, they said to be determined. So I think just me and just about everybody else who looked at that, we said to ourselves um, that probably indicates that Metroid Prime 4 will come out after Pokemon. And if the Walmart leak is to be believed, that shows that Metroid Prime 4 is on there and Pokemon is not. And that kind of causes a red flag with me, especially because Pokemon for Nintendo Switch, uh, from what we have heard, has been in the localization process for a few months now. And there's been no word at all about whether or not Metroid Prime 4 has been in the localization process. So, Again, uh, take rumors with a grain of salt. Uh, I try not to spend too much time on them, uh, but I just wanted to let you know the reason why I didn't think that that Walmart thing was correct. Give a man an Atari game and he'll turn into a little boy. But don't worry, he'll be grown up enough to share it. All right, well, this is a really weird story. Saber Interactive, uh, when the Switch first came out, they they showed off a game called NBA Playgrounds, and it looked really cool. And then it shipped. Uh, first, it shipped on Xbox One and PS4, and it had a bunch of stuff missing. 
and then it shipped on Nintendo Switch and it had even more stuff missing. And a lot of people were very, very unhappy uh, with that particular game. Now, I never played it, so I don't know how it plays. And if you're somebody out there who loves the game, then more power to you. Uh, all I know is what I have heard from a majority of the people who I've uh, who, who've complained about this game is basically that they're not happy. Now, to play devil's advocate here, since chat's not here to, to help me with that, um, <laughs> when... Whenever you're on the internet, most of the people who are going to say something are going to be the ones that are complaining because the people who are happy with it are too busy playing it, if that makes any sense. Uh, so, you know, maybe the game is fantastic, but I don't know. I haven't personally played NBA Playgrounds. Uh, however, because of the backlash that Saber Interactive uh, received from NBA Playgrounds, uh, they decided that they were going to release for free for the people who had already bought the game. Uh, a version of Shaq Fu for the Nintendo Switch, which is one of the craziest things that I had ever heard. And if you don't know what Shaq Fu is, it was a fighting game back in the 16-bit era, I believe, uh, starring Shaquille O'Neal. This is when he was in that um, that uh, Steel movie. It was basically a Superman kind of movie uh, where he was wearing a metal outfit and had a big hammer. And... Um, you know, he was, you know, big time in the NBA and like the Shaq was just everywhere. And sure enough, they made a video game starring him, which is a fighting game with basketball themes, which is like one of the weirdest ideas that I'd ever heard of. And now, uh, you know, Saber Interactive had said, look, we're going to make a version of Shaq Fu for uh, modern consoles and anybody who bought NBA Playgrounds 1 before we announced this is going to get it for free. And, you know, a lot of people were like, well, you know, I'm not super happy about it, but I'm certainly not going to spit in your face over it. You know, I'm not going to turn down free stuff. I'll try out free stuff. And then they didn't say anything and they didn't say anything for a really, really, really long time. And because they didn't say anything for a really long time, I think that Saber Act uh, Saber Interactive, they lost a lot of goodwill that they had, what little goodwill they had garnered uh, with that announcement that, hey, we're trying to make things right. We're going to fix our game. We're going to give you this other game for free. And then they just didn't say anything for a really long time. Now, why am I talking about all this today? Because that's old news. It's old news. Well, everything that's old is new again. And here we are looking at NBA Playgrounds 2. There's a trailer for it. You can click on the link in the show notes. And I got to say, the trailer looks fantastic. Now, I'm sure that's PS4 footage or Xbox One footage because it looks gorgeous. It looks really good. And uh, I doubt that that's Nintendo Switch footage. Not because the Nintendo Switch can't pull off gorgeous graphics, because it certainly can. Uh, but the PS4 version and the Xbox One version of NBA Playgrounds 1 looked decidedly better than the Nintendo Switch version. No surprise. It's a portable console, and those uh, other hardware have a lot more oomph to them. Uh, so why am I talking about this? Because it is just baffling to me that Saber Interactive is going to launch NBA Playgrounds 2 before Shaq Fu comes out. So they're going to launch a sequel to the game uh, that, that ticked people off, before the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The mea culpa uh, 
featuring our our good buddy Shaq comes out. And I don't know. That's just wrong. I think that's just wrong. But I will say this. NBA Playgrounds 2 looks really good. It looks like a lot of fun. I was a huge fan of NBA Jam back in the day. Uh, It was... I was kind of starstruck when I was interviewing. And if you did, if you haven't already watched or listened to the interview, go back a couple episodes and check out my interview with Jules Watchem. Uh, he actually worked on NBA Jam. And when he said that, I was like, you know, I got a little gray in my beard. And I, I certain we and he and I were kind of joking about how we both have gray in our beard. And uh, I, I didn't want to say, hey, by the way. I played the hell out of your game when I was in high school and uh, I put a lot of quarters into it. And now I'm this old man. Uh, I didn't want to say that to him. And I was just kind of starstruck at the time that that he had worked on that game and that I was interviewing him. That was so that was a cool moment for me. Uh, so I'm a huge fan of NBA Jam and uh, NBA Playgrounds looks a lot like uh, NBA Jam and uh, Playgrounds 2 looks like it's an upgrade. So uh, I did read one thing on Reddit that said maybe they should just call this NBA Playgrounds 1 and change the name of NBA Playgrounds to NBA Playgrounds 0.5 or something like that. Uh, anyway, the game looks fun, but I can't believe that they've got the gall to bring the sequel out before their apology game. Paperboy from Mindscape for your Nintendo Entertainment System. Well, this is kind of weird. EA has some estimates as to how the different consoles are going to do. Uh, They estimate that PS4 and Xbox One sales combined, that's both consoles, and that's probably also combining uh, PS4s, PS4 Pros, Xbox One, Xbox One S, Xbox One X, Xbox One uh, Cream of Soup Edition. I have no idea. Um, I'm sure the EA is combining all of those and they're they're estimating that the sales this year will reach 130 million consoles sold for those two. Now, that's pretty crazy, Uh, but uh, those systems, whoops, I just hit my stream deck. Uh, Those systems came out and I can't remember now. Uh, PS4 launch date. There we go. Let's find that out. November 15th, 2013. Holy cow. That's been five years. And so that that's PS4 launch date. Let's check the Xbox One launch date. Uh, that was November 22nd, 2013. So both of those systems have been out for roughly five years. And combined, they're going to hit about 130 million. So let's assume incorrectly... Uh, that it's going to be half and half. So that means that the PS4 sold uh, 65 million consoles and the Xbox One sold 65 million consoles. Now, that's probably not correct. I'm sure that the PS4 actually sold more consoles than the Xbox One. It seems to be the king this generation. And um, why am I talking about this? It's a Nintendo show. Come on, Bill. What are you doing? Well, the reason I'm talking about it is because EA also... Uh, made an estimate that Nintendo Switch console uh, sales are they are expecting them to pass 30 million. Now let's let's take that for for what it's worth. Um, if we split those other consoles evenly, 60 million in five years versus the Nintendo Switch by the end of this year, not even doing a full year, but by the end of this year, Blake Jorgensen, uh, he works for EA. He said. 
that they are expecting that it will push 30 million consoles in in two years. That's pretty crazy. Uh, and you know what's even more crazy is that EA is basically, re- they're really not supporting the Switch, or at least they haven't so far. We've got E3 coming. And when E3 gets here, I expect to hear more from EA about the Nintendo Switch. However, I've been wrong before, you know. Uh, EA has been really closed off with Nintendo. And I, I, yes, they have FIFA and they have uh, that that weird uh, game where you play a glow-in-the-dark squirrel uh, fay. You sing to other animals. So they've got a couple of games on the Nintendo Switch, but they haven't been supporting it nearly as much as other developers have. And um, when I when I think about that, it's uh, it's not a huge surprise to me. Uh, it feels like EA was just waiting, and I feel like they've waited too long. But maybe they kind of got their their butts into gear, uh, probably around Christmas last year. Like I think that's what they were waiting for to see how the switch would perform around in holiday time and then once they saw that the switch was just selling like gangbusters they they probably have started to assign teams to start bringing games over to the switch um and i think that that's good if that's true and we also have to remember that it takes a really long time to make a game so bringing a game uh, kind of marble mouth there bringing a game over to the switch is going to take some time and we're just going to have to be patient so do i expect ea to kind of thumb their nose at e th- at, at at nintendo again at e3 this year no i think that ea is going to start announcing some titles for the nintendo switch but um i'm not you know, I'm not a hundred percent on. I'm probably if I were to if I were a betting man, and I'm not, I would probably say eighty percent chance the EA is going to be dropping some heavy games onto the Switch, uh, or at least announcing them at E3. Uh, and twenty percent of me says eh, probably not. Have you experienced the awesome power of the Panasonic Real 3 do system? All right. Speaking of things that I did not expect to come to the Switch, uh, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate is going to be coming to the Nintendo Switch. This comes from Polygon. And uh, I guess what... Okay. So right now, there is a game on the Switch, a Monster Hunter game on the Switch called Monster Hunter Double Cross. And from what I understand, Monster Hunter Double Cross was called Monster Hunter Generations over here in the States. And it was a 3DS game. Now, on the, uh, in Japan, uh, Monster Hunter Double Cross, which is, I think, the same thing as Generations. And if I'm wrong, please feel free to correct me. Uh, over here in the state, or I'm sorry, over in Japan, that got ported. Uh, That got ported to the Nintendo Switch, and if you want it, you can get it no matter what region you're in because it's region-free, but it was never translated or localized for an English-speaking audience. So a lot of people have just been like sitting there twiddling their thumbs waiting for Capcom to do something with the Monster Hunter series on Nintendo because traditionally... Uh, Monster Hunter has been a, a a Nintendo franchise. I mean, not by Nintendo, but it's been a game it, like the past Monster Hunter games uh, have been on Nintendo platforms quite a bit. 
And uh, when Monster Hunter World came out, a lot of people were like, hold on, where's is that coming to the switch? And, you know, Capcom said, well, you know, this engine wouldn't really make us make sense for us to try and downgrade, um, excuse me, downgrade everything in order to get it to run at an acceptable frame rate on the switch. It just wouldn't really be something that we want to invest the money in. Um, so what they do instead, it sounds like they are localizing Monster Hunter Double Cross, uh, or if I'm wrong about that, then they are just porting uh, Monster Hunter Generations with some bonus stuff. Um, it says here, in Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate, uh, players will have the chance to work together with up to three other players over local and online multiplayer simultaneously. They will be able to transfer over their save data from the original Monster Hunter Generation. So this is exactly the same thing that happened in Japan. If you had Monster Hunter um, <clears throat> Cross... On the 3DS in Japan, you could transfer your save over to Monster Hunter Double Cross, and you could even you could even uh, play with somebody who was on a 3DS, and you being on the Nintendo Switch over in Japan. So that's pretty cool. <clears throat> um, now, here's the one thing that I want to make sure that people understand about this: uh, Monster Hunter World, which it, that was my first Monster Hunter game. I mean, I played demos of Monster Hunter games before, and I always found them very opaque and difficult to get into and difficult to understand. And Monster Hunter World, I love that game. Like, I probably got 40 hours into it, you know, and, and that's that's a lot for me. I usually don't spend too much time on one game. So for me to have 40 hours on a game, it must be pretty damn good. And it was very, very approachable. Uh, compared to the other Monster Hunter games. Now, even still, with the with the increase in the accessible uh, in in how accessible Monster Hunter Worlds was, um, it was still kind of difficult to understand things. And I definitely had to go to YouTube and look up stuff. And um, there there was a YouTube channel that I checked out named Gaijin Hunter, and uh, he explained like everything in the game so I could understand it because the game doesn't do a great job teaching you how to play. Well, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate probably is not going to have uh, a, a very a, a similar experience to Monster Hunter World. It's probably going to be more akin to the older Monster Hunter titles, uh, which are a lot more difficult and require a lot more investment from the player in order to get the most out of the game. So make sure that you know that going in. Uh, I, for one, will probably end up picking up Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. Uh, if for no other reason, then I really like the Monster Hunter games and I would like to... and. and you know, being a Nintendo podcaster, uh, I have a huge friends list on my Nintendo Switch, and I have very few people on my PS4 uh, friends list. So, uh, you know, if I want to play a Monster Hunter game multiplayer with uh, people from the community uh, using our Discord or whatever, I can easily do that with a Switch version because I've got so many so many friends on that system to pull from and I really don't have that on the PS4 because I don't do a PS4 podcast uh, anyway that being said I, I'm glad that they are bringing this I, I hope that they make it more accessible uh, a little more approachable but I don't I, I don't anticipate them actually doing that Super Mario one, two, and three. There's power in numbers. Nintendo, now you're playing with power. Each game sold separately. 
All right, let me lightning around these last two stories real quick. Uh, number one is Nintendo... Um, uh, no, not Nintendo. Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy for the Nintendo Switch has actually had its release date moved up to June 29th. This is via uh, Nintendo Everything. And uh, that's actually kind of surprising. Most of the time we see games get delayed, but it looks like Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy is coming on June 29th. So that's that's pretty big news. I know that there's a lot of people, especially in my community, that are big Crash Bandicoot fans. Uh, I never played a Crash Bandicoot game. And so, uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan of them uh, or of those games, but I've heard they're fantastic. And you're getting three games for the price of one. I think that's a really good deal. Uh, the next story is from uh, Japanese Nintendo on Twitter. And uh, all it basically is, is uh, there's a website called Ryokutia2089.com. And they are saying that there is some kind of big news uh, coming to uh, Splatoon 2 on June 9th. Now, that is like a couple, like, I think that's like two days maybe three days. That's, that's a few days. It's, it's, it's days. It's time. Uh, it's a little bit of time before E3. So like they say huge Splatoon news. I don't know how I feel about the, them saying huge Splatoon news. Um, uh, let's see. It says the news. Oh yeah. The official not official, but the, this Ryokuta, the translation from uh, Google Translate says Splatoon, the news that impact shocks to shocks the world on June 9th is released. So they're expecting this to be some pretty big news. I'm going to hold my reservations back and say it's probably not going to be super huge news. And the reason why is dropping that right before E3. Um, my guess is they want to get that. Actually, you know what? It makes sense for it to be big news. Whatever the big news is, it makes sense for them to drop some big news about Splatoon 2 right before E3, get people talking a little bit, and make sure that that news is not detracting from the other stuff that they're announcing at E3. Uh, so uh, Nintendo knows how big Splatoon is. Again, this is just a rumor, but if this rumor is true, I feel like that's a good move by Nintendo. You drop this uh, right ahead of E3, you get people talking about Nintendo. Maybe more people will tune into the Nintendo Direct when it happens um, at E3. And then uh, more people are going to be talking about more Nintendo stuff. But if you drop this Splatoon news right in the middle of all of your other announcements, that might distract from them. So I think that's probably a good move. It's Bart versus the Space Mutants for your NES. Only Bart Simpson can save the Earth. All right, real quick, we've got an email from Joel. Joel says, I am cautiously optimistic for the online service. He's referring to uh, my previous episode where I kind of unpacked all of my thoughts and feelings about uh, the Nintendo online service details that were released uh, last week. Uh, but he says, I'm cautiously, cautiously optimistic for the online service. The price is low enough that even getting what we have now, plus online NES games and cloud saves, is worth it to me. However, I really hope we will see more games embracing online. I've been waiting forever for a Mario Party online to play with my siblings across the country. If we could virtually pass the controller around, not only in NES games, but also the newer stuff, that would be really something. Joel. All right. 
I think that that's a really great idea. <clears throat> the one thing that I, I think about is like Mario Party games, they tend to take a really long time. <clears throat> so playing them online is going to lead to a lot of people disconnecting. Like you'll start playing and you'll be like, oh my God, it's already been like 40 minutes. I have stuff I have to do. I'm going to stop playing. And now you disconnect and the person you're playing with is like, what the hell, man? I was having fun. Why would you ruin that? Uh, now playing with your siblings that seems cool. You know, playing with somebody that you know, that seems like a great idea. But I think that Nintendo always has an eye towards negative experiences like that. And they would say, you know what, we're, we're not going to put online in Mario Party. Now, I think that's a mistake. I think that they should do what you're saying, Joel. Uh, but thank you very much for the email. If you want to email me, you can do so. Uh, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. If you want to call and leave a voicemail, you can at 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. Uh, you can get a hold of me on Twitter at runjumpstomp. You can join our Discord and talk to awesome people there at uh, runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. And I think I listed all the ways that you can get a hold of me. Um, just... Look for Run, Jump, Stomp. You'll find me all over the place. Um, I want to take a second and thank Pagiami uh, for the review on uh, Apple Podcasts. They gave five stars, and they said a very fun show to listen, uh, especially for anyone's a Nintendo fan or a video game fan in general. Totally worth your time. Uh, Mark also gave five stars and said it's a great, short, simple, and comprehensive podcast for the Switch. Big thanks to you guys for reviewing the show. It really does help get the visibility up there. It brings new people to the show. And when more people are listening, it makes it much easier to create content like this. Uh, speaking of content, content like this, if you are looking for ways to support uh, this content, you can do so by heading on over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. And once you're there, any of the links there will definitely help. Uh, if you want to watch the live shows, make sure that you check them out. They're a lot of fun, although this episode's not live just because of technical difficulties. Uh, but if you want to watch the live show, I record this every uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday at whatever time I can get around to it. Um, so make sure that you check that out at uh, twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. And of course, you can watch the videos after the fact over at youtube.com slash runjumpstomp. Uh, anyway, uh, oh gosh, there's one more uh, thing that got dropped into the show notes. And that was from, oh, somebody dropped it in the link. Hey, Ursula. Uh, dropped this in at the last minute. Uh, they said uh, Nintendo of America on Twitter. Oh, okay. Here we go. This is good stuff. Whoops. Wrong button. Uh, Minecraft is bigger, better, and more beautiful with new ways to play and share. Share the adventure with friends across the different platforms when Minecraft and the Better Together update comes to Nintendo Switch on June 21st. All right. That is awesome. Now, if you don't know what the Better Together update is, I will recap it incredibly quickly and then get out of your face. Um, the Better Together update basically lets you play with people on other platforms. So that means if your, uh, if your friend is using the iPad to play Minecraft, they can join you on your Nintendo Switch. If they are using their Xbox, they can join you. If they are using the Windows 10 version of the game on PC, they can join you. Not the Java version on PC. Keep that in mind. That is a very different fork altogether. 
Um, you can pretty much play with anybody on any platform except for the Java version on PC and the PS4 version because Sony is a bunch of dirtbags that won't they won't play. They just won't play. Uh, so they just don't want to play nice with other people. But anyway, uh, that's it for the show. Uh, I, I would normally thank chat right now, but uh, I can't because they're not here because I'm not doing this live. But uh, thank you to everybody who's ever supported the show in any way. I really appreciate it. Uh, there's free ways to support. Again, that's uh, runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. I'm out of here. Make sure that you also support Tom Winter and Noteblock. They make the music that you listen to on the audio version of this podcast. I'll see you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>